Yo, what's good, y'all? My name is Chris Shreve, a.k.a. C. Shreve, the professor. Welcome to another episode of Who Needs a Classroom podcast. Today's focus will be once again on biostatistics, and today's will be for the kids. So I'm watching more and more of my uh, musician peers get out there and do their shows, uh, schedule tours, announce that they're available for booking and whatnot. And I'm going to still kind of hold back. I've talked about this before on our gray area episode. This is kind of the, the tough time where, you know, there's opportunities available, but, you know, you have to kind of make that decision for yourself of if you're the artist of do I want to ask my fans to come out? and gather and then enjoy music together. So we're in that gray area where it's like, you know, does it make sense? Does it not? But I'm seeing lots of my peers, especially in states that are, you know, maybe more close to opening and and getting back to normal, so to speak. So folks in Florida, Texas, South Carolina. And then I'm seeing also folks from like New England and from the Northeast come down to the South to tour because it's available. So that's an interesting one there because oftentimes... Um, in their home areas, they may not be able to tour, so they're kind of going somewhere else where the norms are different. So that's interesting. Right now, I'm kind of feeling pulled. I'm watching folks announce tours or go out on tour or announce shows next month, etc. And I'm kind of like, man, should I get out there? Do I need to compete with them? Do I need to grab some opportunities, etc.? And right now, it's kind of tempting, right? Because I haven't been on a stage in over a year, and I really want to go rap, and I really want to go do some new material and the whole nine. So it's I can see the pull for artists and and the, you know, we want to get back out and do what we do. But for right now, my focus is making music in the studio. I've decided when I go out and when I get back on tour and when I go out there and do shows, I want to have a new project. I want to have a new set. I want to focus on how to bring uh, productions and beat making uh, in a live form into my set. I'm really kind of focusing on kind of recharging and rebirthing my live experience as opposed to kind of just getting back out there. So I'm, I'm realizing since it's in this gray area, the better choice for me as opposed to booking shows and, and possibly having, you know, the low attendance or restrictions on how many people can even be inside or, you know, venues that have to be in an outdoor version, et cetera, as opposed to doing all that, I'm going to focus on what I can control and the thing that has less moving parts, and that's creating music and recording it. So that's kind of where my head's at. But the reason partly for that is because I have a child. I'm fully vaccinated, but if I was to go rock a show in Florida and potentially expose myself, do I need to isolate when I come back? You know, Do we know if I can carry this back to my son? Can the little tiny molecules, can they hang around in my nasal cavity and then I sneeze on my son and he gets an infection from somebody in Florida that I kind of just was the host for for a little bit. So that's the type of thing. So me being a parent informs a lot of this. And that's kind of how I wanted to frame this episode today was the reason we're making the choices we are making now and that we're not just jumping back into vacation mode and free-for-all mode is for the kids. We don't have a vaccine for those 12 and under right now, or under 12. I think 12 to 18 is okay, but we don't have those under 12. My son's 10, so he can't get vaccinated yet. You know, hopefully by the fall or sometime later this year, that will exist, you know, a vaccine for those that are younger. But while it doesn't, that means I still got to be on my P's and Q's at the grocery store. I can't just go out there and say, oh, I'm vaccinated, ah, la-di-da, because I have my son at home. So 
that's more my anecdotal perspective, even though I have public health knowledge. But I wanted to share with you some perspectives of other folks in public health. Uh, the New York Times did a release day, the results of a study from some epidemiologists, and they basically surveyed, I think, 723 different epidemiologists around the country. Some of these work for government agencies. Some of these work for the majority, I think, work for academic institutions. Um, and they kind of wanted to get some feedback of what are the what are the scientists thinking about what we're going through. And so here's some, some, some numbers from that. Um, they felt, um, or 85% of these epidemiologists felt that we could celebrate July 4th safely outdoors. Um, 86% felt that schools would be able to safely reopen in the fall. 90% of these epidemiologists felt that we would be able to spend our holiday season this winter indoors together um, safely. So those are really promising, those kind of forecast stats. Um, Some of the other stats aren't quite as promising. Right now, we are 36% vaccinations for our total population. The goal for hitting herd immunity and us all being protected is 80%. So we have a ways to go there. I think we're near 50% of folks who've had one shot, at least. So they need to get that second shot and get fully vaccinated. But that vaccination, <laughs> vaccination, vaccination level is really kind of the measurable that we're turning towards. For a while, we were looking at new cases or deaths or you know different measurables like that. And those measurables are going the right way finally after some huge peaks this past winter. You know, our cases, our hospitalizations, our deaths are all downtrending, and that is awesome. But if vaccines don't continue to rise, then we're going to have pockets of new cases, pockets of potential new deaths or hospitalizations. And so the big measurable is the vaccines because vaccines prevent the hospitalization, prevent the new case, prevent the death. So vaccines are the real measurable we have to um, keep track of right now. So the whole idea of this fully reopening, getting America back to business, et cetera, that really should be contingent upon vaccination rates. That's really kind of the key measurable that we should be looking at. Um, it predicts when outbreaks are going to happen because we're kind of you know, creating that, that, that uh, kind of like a wildfire scenario. If we have kind of a tinderbox forest of folks who aren't vaccinated, that's eventually going to just spread like wildfire. So we have to vaccinate and prevent that from occurring. So vaccinations is the measurable we're looking at closely right now. Um, those same epidemiologists were surveyed for you know, why they think we're seeing the slowdown. Why are some folks not getting their vaccine? Why is the progress sometimes, you know, kind of being halted? And one of the big things was vaccine hesitancy. And we see this among different groups for different reasons. But when we look at it from the perspective of socioeconomic status or class, even though we like to say there's no you know, class issues in America, we all know that's kind of um, not exactly accurate when we break it, break it down from a stats perspective. So we're seeing huge gaps from an education perspective. Um, So more educated equals more vaccines and vice versa happens. So lower educated folks are getting the vaccine less often. Some of the folks are pointing to things like clear messaging. You know, when we say, hey, you can safely do things without your mask. What does that mean? Does that tell people, you know, this thing is over? Is it safe? You know, we have to have clear messaging regarding what the recommendations are and have very direct, clear messaging regarding the vaccine, that this is safe, that this is the way you're going to protect yourself, your family, your loved ones. We have to find ways to make it easier for folks to, to get vaccinated, whether that's at their employer, whether that's 
you know, kind of walk-in clinics, at drugstores, wherever it is. We need to make this easier for folks when they have to schedule it and it's hard to schedule it or they have to, you know, call somebody and wait on the phone for, you know, a hold time or whatever it might be. We need to make this easier and kind of remove those little barriers so it's streamlined so folks will choose to get it. Um, we are, again, on a good kind of trend zone. We've hit uh, a, a big threshold recently. Um, we finally, for the first time in under a year or over a year, um, got our new cases per day under 30,000. So 30,000 is a huge number, but we had been over that threshold for over a year. So that's a big deal to have, have, have that dropping back down. So the vaccines are making a huge difference. But despite that, the same epidemiologists recommend that you should still be wearing a mask, even vaccinated. 80% of these epidemiologists recommend that if you're going to be in an indoor situation, potentially with strangers, so you go to the mall or you try to go out somewhere to shop, you don't know their status. So the recommendation is you should still be masked. It is what it is. What do these same epidemiologists say about the future of this disease? You know, where, where will we be in a few years? Well, most of them said kind of about their idea of where we will be in five years is that essentially this will be like the flu. It will have low level spread. It will have some pockets of outbreaks, but 87% of these folks said it's going to be much like the seasonal flu. The tricky thing there is how do you communicate that? I think this, this last year of seeing public health kind of in the spotlight has really highlighted how difficult public messaging can be. You know, if you give them a bunch of different recommendations and say, you know, if, if you're vaccinated, here's the different things you can do safely. And if you're, if you're not vaccinated, here's the things you need to do. And here's the mask wearing. And you have this big table of different scenarios. It's very confusing. So we need to streamline that and help the messaging to be very direct, very clear. And we're, we're going to have better outcomes out of that. So when you get into public health and kind of public messaging, that's a key thing. You might have the best science in the world, but if the kind of the basic message is confusing, then folks really, you know, kind of aren't able to make the proper decisions because they got confused. We've seen this kind of historically about all kinds of recommendations um, regarding various health outcomes. Um, one of the most recent ones I used to talk about in class was prostate cancer. For a long time, prostate cancer was aggressively treated in some cases and with major out negative outcomes. And now we've kind of stepped back from aggressive prostate cancer treatments and we do more wait and see and we kind of see is this is this cancer aggressively metastasizing um, but it's kind of a realize we were realizing we were doing harm we were performing surgeries that had very negative outcomes and in some of those cases they were unneeded so the tricky thing is the messaging how do you how did we tell those those men you know to be aggressive or not be aggressive with their treatment it's difficult when, and when we confuse them it's harder for them to make the right decision so as messaging becomes clearer, decisions are more easily made. So I think one of the tricky things this whole year was how do you communicate uncertainty? You know, when this is a brand new disease, when you're learning new things about it every day, when the science is literally changing by the day, by the week, how do you communicate that to the public? Are you able to effectively? If you tell them one thing and then you change it a month later, what happens there? What's the fallout of that? I think we've seen a lot of that with confusion regarding messaging from the CDC, et cetera. So while it's in a gray area, while the CDC is giving you potentially confusing messaging, what do we do? Well, we know mask wearing works, right? So I know there's this incredible 
uh, tendency among people and this incredible pull to go back out to normal, to go to the beach, to, to get back to normal with your vaccinated friends. And maybe some of that's okay if you kind of create the right environment. Outdoor will be ideal, obviously. But if you're, you know, a bunch of parents who are going to go back to your children, are they going to be safe? Do we know if they're going to be safe? You know, if we turn kids loose in schools this fall, are they going to be fully safe? Is that, a, is that an okay potential negative outcome? Because there could definitely be some kids that get infected. Hopefully we are about to turn the corner on all this. We've been saying this for a while. But the tricky thing with the fall, I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, is there's a general trend towards how, how diseases pattern every fall and school year. Because we go from the summer, we're all outside. Maybe we gather together and do some things this summer, but we're outside more, much more often. And so that tends to kind of help bulletproof some of the disease transmission. But when we go inside, when all of a sudden everybody comes back in and, and school kids are in schools and all of a sudden more people are in the workplace and maybe more businesses get away from the distance uh, type, you know, distance work scenario, next thing you know, we have more cases and we have this uptick in the fall. We see that every year with cold and flu in the fall, as the winter comes, we see this, this spike happen. And so the key with corona this upcoming school season is how big is that spike? Are we able to mitigate that? If not, if we have kind of outbreaks occurring all over the place, you're going to see potential for shutdowns or kind of lockdowns or kind of a re- return to previous states of kind of prevention, whereas we would like to be moving forward. So this is why I want you to really kind of frame your activity from a perspective of doing it for the kids or doing it for those who are less protected around you because we don't want to take these steps backwards. We want to keep going forward. And so I think the potential risk is going out too soon, trying to resume normal too soon. All of a sudden, festivals get going. All my rapper friends are touring. Next thing you know, we have more cases and we'll have to see shutdowns. We'll see these same venues that we're trying to open up have to close their doors. And we don't want to have that false start. So I'm not against my friends going out there and touring right now. It's not the choice I'm going to make right now. I totally get how you want to get out there. I get that people are out there and want to be entertained. And so, you know, why not do your do your shows? Right now, it's not, not the right choice for me. I'm a father of a young child. I also am extremely educated on public health. So I don't really, part of me thinks I'm being part of the problem if I was doing shows right now. And so not, not necessarily saying y'all are part of the problem, but I'm not willing to go out there and do this yet. It will be not that far away, maybe in the fall. Um, we'll see. I'm really going to focus on this album and try to get everything recorded and then have this new set and new everything ready to roll. So that when I hit the road, I've got the merch, I've got everything and I can make it make the most of, of what I get out of it. If I'm gonna hit the road and drive, you know, to the South, deep South or way up to new England, if I'm gonna hit the road and do that, I need to have all my ducks in a row. So I'm focusing on getting my ducks in a row as opposed to just getting back out there. Those who are getting back out there, be safe out there on the road, be safe in the way you're, you know, running your show. Um, I'd bring my own microphone. I'd, I'd figure out how, how's your, what's your point of sale look like? Are you going to have a little glass <laughs> window thing so you, they don't sneeze on you? Um, but again, you have to kind of protect yourself. You're going to be going all around the country if you're doing like a full 10-day tour type thing. So how are you going to protect yourself? How are you going to protect your fans at shows? How are you going to make it all work and, and not be part of the problem? Because we want to get out of this. We want to see America take that next step forward, but we can't rush it. We got to be smart. Right. So continue to be smart. If you've not got your vaccine, get your vaccine. If you are vaccinated, continue to be smart for 
the vulnerable folks around you. There are folks who can't get the vaccine, like the kids I just mentioned, or, or folks with autoimmune disease who potentially cannot get the vaccine. We have to look out for the bigger picture, not just for us and say, oh, I'm vaccinated, I can do whatever. It's not that simple. There's a big old world, lots of people out here. So show some compassion for them. You know, continue to follow good health practices. Hopefully America's trends of regarding these numbers will continue to go down and the vaccine rates will continue to go up. And next thing you know, maybe we can finally dig ourselves out of this. Uh, hope y'all are well. Hope that your week progresses as you hope and, uh, and your goals and whatnot get knocked off one by one. Um, who needs a classroom? You do. I do. We all do. Peace, y'all. Thank you.